recently, I had the privilege of speaking with Lanid Lewis. Lanid is a warm, bright, energetic, strong, and accomplished woman. She was born in Haiti and then eventually migrated to New York City at the age of 10. She had spent 12 years in Boston where she received her bachelor's and master's degree in organizational psychology. Today, she lives in sunny San Diego where she moved there back in 2011 to pursue her doctor's degree in organizational psychology and leadership. Lanid is the host of the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. It's a podcast that's the first of its kind, devoted an entire show to discussing effective morning routines and chatting with entrepreneurs and thought leaders in their appropriate fields on how their healthy habits morning habits have contributed to their success. She's a revered MBA professor. Lanid has taught business intelligence, data mining, and project management courses at the CSPP in San Diego for the last five years. In addition to being an esteemed entrepreneur, MBA professor, and SAP systems implementer, Lanid runs full marathons and triathlons to keep physically fit and devotes herself to reading 50 books every year to keep mentally fit. At the age of 32, Lanid completed a half Ironman, a 70.3 mile triathlon. She had to learn to swim actually for that race. That race consisted of a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike ride, and a 13 mile run. Dr. Lewis, embraces challenges and that's why we have her on the podcast today and without further ado let's get started hi my name is kirby ingles and you're listening to the true success podcast my goal is to help you find true success by helping you live a rich and satisfying life a life of happiness and meaning in becoming a pillar of your community. This podcast is designed to inspire you to write a new narrative, revolutionize the way we live, and create a ripple effect that resonates with future generations. Now, welcome to back to the podcast, everybody. I'm here with Lanid, and uh, I've actually been on Lanid's show, and it was a great opportunity. And I loved her personality, I loved her energy and atmosphere, and I really wanted her to come on my show so we could have a conversation about what she does. And I think she's a perfect fit for what we try to get after here, and that's true success. Because I think once you hear her story, you're going to be Amazed. Lenny, welcome to the show and please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Kirby. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. And yes, you were such a phenomenal guest on my show. I had to see you again. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So tell me, uh, so, so as you know, we all begin somewhere in life and could you kind of explain like how you grew up, you know, how your life started out and you know, how you sure. kind of got to where you are today. Yeah, certainly. So it started out in a third world country out in the Caribbean. So I'm from an island, Haiti, 
third world country and it is majestic beautiful it's tropical we were talking about florida earlier <laughs> south of florida and there's a lot of haitians in in florida and so we tend to migrate to either florida or to new york and so that's what happened with my mom and three other siblings i was the oldest mm -hmm. and so 1995 we packed up i was 10 years old left the beautiful island mm -hmm. of haiti and migrated to frigid cold new york in february 1995 it was brutal talking about culture shock I, we froze our high knees off that night because <laughs> we were not dressed for new york uh, weather at all but that's how the journey began and it was just like one ex adventure after another and from new york i traveled over to boston where i, I stayed with my grandmother and we um, i did my bachelor's there i did my master's and then in 2011 i came over to san diego sunny san diego america's finest city <laughs> for uh, my phd and i have been here ever since and really that's how um it really started for me was that that's that um thirst for knowledge mm -hmm. and that's why i got the phd because I, I wanted to own my own business i wanted to be mm -hmm. in business and i wanted to work with executives and i wanted to do executive coaching at some point and so i needed a phd to get to that level so i went ahead and pursued it but being in this great land that's the opportunity right education but i had to learn after i graduated i could not find work and had degrees and debt and so i realized and just because you come you get an education doesn't mean that you have made it and so i had to do a lot of self-development a lot of reading um thinking grow rich type of self-development mm -hmm. and that actually changed me from a corporate america to actually owning my own business and running my own business um today so it's been a joy <laughs> yeah that's a that's a phenomenal story you know uh i think uh one of the things you did you reminded me of right there when you talked about the knowledge and the education uh goes back to the 80s when i used to watch a cartoon it was called uh gi joe the great american hero and at the end they always said knowing is half the battle and then i always say well knowing is only half the battle but taking action is the other half of the battle and it sounds like you took a lot of action. I mean, especially, I mean, you seized an opportunity that was before you. And I think that some of us, you know, you know, like me, my family's been over here since prior to the, the American Revolution. And so I kind of look around sometimes and I'm like, people are missing out on these humongous opportunities. And after 25 years in the military, I knew lots of, of immigrants who had come to this country to join the military so they mm -hmm. could have an opportunity to live here. And I'm like, you have no idea like the people's desires and, and the, the dreams that they have. And that, that dream is still alive. You know, when they say the American dream, I was like, people still have that desire. So I really do appreciate that. And I, I think your story is, is phenomenal. Uh, please tell me a little bit about what it was like in Haiti, though, if you can remember. You know, I know you were 10 years old, but if you can remember a little bit about what was it like there growing up? Poverty. Yes. No running, no running water. Um, that's, you, you get, it, it's poverty. People are living in shacks. And post the earthquake, surprisingly, we're still living in shacks because mm. the country's in so much debt. So we're looking at everybody is in the marketplace. 
they call them entrepreneurs at heart, but everybody's just trying to make a living. And so that's that's what Haiti is like. It's the hustle and bustle of of um, selling whatever you can get your hands on, cooking to sell. But everyone's in the marketplace. My grandmother was an entrepreneur. She was in the marketplace. My mother, mm. again, selling in the marketplace. And my dad actually was a tailor. So he made clothing and that's how he made his living was making clothes for all for our, for us the kids but also for the community and he sold that so there's that entrepreneur bug has yeah. been in there and instilled but it would have been very hard to actually pursue mm. the education that i did if i didn't come to this great country right or mm. them to have the opportunity to decide okay i've got the american corporate job the, the picket fence how about i i step on my own take that leap of faith take that action and see if i can control more of my destiny and that's what um, really, really um, took me to the next level is that mindset. Yeah, I can see where the entrepreneurial spirit come from. I mean, I, I can I can understand, you know, where you're coming from. I was in Egypt for a year and I watched people there, you know, they really had to work and grind and do a lot of things just to survive throughout the day to provide for their families. So, I mean, in, in you don't have the the jobs, the opportunities that we would have here, you know, where, you know, you have these big corporate companies who hire in, we have the employment opportunities here. So yeah. it's interesting that you talk about that because, uh, you know, we're it's currently at the time where we're recording this, you know, we're having this huge unemployment crisis in, in this country, but people like you are showing up, showing that, hey, look, if you put in the work, you put in the time, you can have everything that it is that you desire. So I, I really do appreciate that. What I'm really interested in is you came from that climate and you came here and you said it was much of a culture shock. What was it like as a 10 year old girl looking up and seeing these huge buildings? You know, you said that you had grew up in, you know, a shack and, yeah. you know, in the marketplaces and now you've just emerged into this big market called the big apple. So yeah, the Big Apple indeed. And it was the the culture shock. It was the weather. I saw snow for the first time. I looked up and I was like, what is that white stuff coming from the sky? What is that about? Nobody told me about this. And but that screamed opportunity. You know how when you learn something new, you it, no one's are fired. So more knowledge, more curiosity is is picked, and mm -hmm. so that's what took place for me. It was just like, okay, so these sky sky um, scrapers, how do they build mm -hmm. that? And just all these questions, and and, and need to learn it all and have this um this this grand opportunity. I when I came in, um, it was super early in the morning. I remember it was like four thirty in the morning, and I've associated early risers early morning to success <laughs> at 10 years old. That was my big takeaway. I was like, I'm getting up at 2 a.m. I'm getting ready to get on a plane to a new land, new opportunity. I arrive, it's still dark out and people are still asleep. So I have this thing where I need to get up early if I want to get a get ahead. <laughs> I have to get up early to, to succeed. And so that's really, you could you say morning routine kind of birth out of that as well it's like what happens in those wee hours when the rest of the world is still sleeping and what these entrepreneurs are saying so total culture shock but i wanted to learn everything and fast i actually taught myself how to speak english kirby believe oh, wow. it or not believe it or not i somehow got a handle on those um books where at the back of it it says mm -hmm. fill out your information put your card number and we'll send you a free book every week 
Well, I found my grandfather's information. I put that in there and I was getting the books by the month. I was getting 20 books. Um, and I would sit in my room and read. And they weren't the best things to read. They were like romance novels. <laughs> 10, 11 years old reading romance novels. And somehow just reading out loud and reading those, those um, novels, I was able to pick up the English language a lot faster. I tricked my grandfather one time he called the house and he was playful that way. He, he called the house and says, hello, may I please speak to Marie, who's my mom, my, my mm -hmm. mom's name. And I responded, I pick up the phone and I was like, I'm sorry, Marie is not here. Can I take a message? He was dumbfounded. He was like, do I have the wrong number? Did I call the right house? <laughs> who's speaking to me in English right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good story. I appreciate you sharing that with us. You know, you, you know, I, I'm sure you had some aspirations, you know, as, as a little girl, uh, and it may have changed to, you know, you're in Haiti and, you know, you probably imagined that you're going to grow up to do something or be something or do something. And, and then when you came to America, maybe that changed a little bit too. You know, what was it that you, you thought you wanted to do and how has that changed today? And what have you kind of, is, is any major significance, you know, shifts left or right? From the mentality from being in Yeah, you know, you, oh, yeah, you grew course. up, you probably, you know, like me, when I was young, I wanted to be a baseball player, you know, and and somehow that translated into the military, then entrepreneurship and coaching. And, and so how has that kind of gone for yes. you? Yes, a very good question. So in Haiti, it's very hard to think mm -hmm. of the um, self-actualization, right? The Maslow um, hierarchical chart. Talks okay. about having your physiological needs met. And that's um, the basics, food, shelter, uh, family, and then you kind of move on, belonging, work, and then self-actualization. Well, in Haiti, in Haiti, when you are just worried about where can I get my next meal, it's hard to think about, I want to be a doctor one day. I want to run this company one day. You're just simply thinking, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to um, find food for today. Mm -hmm. So in Haiti, that what I wanted to do was be able to sell in the marketplace. Whatever, just like my grandmother, just like my mother, is to be able to um, have something that I can sell to everyone else and feel like I'm adding value that way. Now, when I landed in New York City, two months in New York City, I was like, oh, lid popped off. I can be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> How can I go about becoming a doctor? Mm. Because um, that was status. That if you're a doctor, you have education, you don't have to live in poverty. You don't have to live in a one-bedroom apartment with nine people in Brooklyn, New York anymore. Yeah. You can have your own condo. You can have your own car. And you have status and you have options. Mm -hmm. So I set out at 10 years old. I said, I'm going to be a doctor because that will give me that, that success I, I thought I needed at the time and that I'm, I'm looking for. And so that's the shift from selling in the marketplace, making a less than a dollar a day to wanting to be a PhD, a doctor that actually helps um, people um, with their uh, mindset. Yeah, you know, you, you mentioned your, your you know, uh, a couple times about your grandparents in the market selling and your parents and things like that. Now, how, what lessons did they teach you that you still carry with you today? Because it sounds like they were very influential. Hard work. <laughs> hard work, Herbie. Yeah. Work 
hard. That 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 notion you mentioned earlier, applying yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. That notion of actually taking action. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Don't expect to be taken care of. Actually, go out and do the work. And so that the value that I learned from my mm-hmm. from uh, my grandparents and my own mother is um, you have to roll up your sleeve and get the work done. Really influential um, in my life um, today in, in having to go from corporate America to entrepreneurship. It really has um, steered my direction to know that it's okay to pull 12, 15 hour days because mm. it, it's, it's about, it, it's worth doing well. It's about adding value in substance. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. I, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. I mean, that, that, that's, that's an awesome nugget of wisdom right there. Uh, you know, as, as we, as we, continue on you know um so you're here you've gone got some education how did you get into your line of work that you're doing now remember i said i wanted to be a doctor yeah at 10 years old i was picturing what a doctor would look like and feel Mm -hmm. like and i wanted to be a psychologist that's Mm. what i wanted to do i wanted to help people with mental health Mm. and that came from a very deep place for me kirby because at a young age i was um abused sexually abused Mm -hmm. and so there was a need for me to help those who have gone through what i went and so i thought i sought out to do to study psychology to help our mental health to help with um, ptsd and that has evolved over the years and i got into um I, i got my master's in psychology started working with the population and then i realized okay maybe i want to do executive coaching so i went into organizational psychology and now i'm actually working with um, world leaders where i teach them about habits as a phd so it it, it it morphed over the years but i am still that doctor i wanted to be at 10 years old no that's awesome and I, I, I love that you shared that with us. Um, and I have personal experience too, because, you know, um, you know, my mother had been a victim of sexual violence and, um, for a couple of years in the military, I was an advocate and a program manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just recently interviewed John Krotek, who wrote a book about poetry, about self-acceptance from his childhood abuse as well. Mm. And so, I, I, I just want to say that I, I want to thank you for sharing, you know, that, that piece with us, because I think it's very powerful that when people, you know, like yourself and John, they come forward and they text, talk about their experiences. I think it's not only is it powerful for you because it's empowerment, because you get to share your story and you get the mm-hmm. healing process from that, but also it inspires other people to kind of come forward as well. And I think that's really important. And anybody that's out there that may be listening to this may have had a traumatic experience, you know, and you're just, you know, you know, I encourage you to come forward and, you know, tell your story in a safe place, you know, where you can get support. And I, I think that you'll, you know, there's this thing called post-traumatic stress growth where, I've become a big fan of it because I went through my own traumatic experiences as well. And what I found was that, uh, you know, despite the tragedy, we can become triumphant, you know, yeah. through that tragedy and we can grow from that experience and become stronger than what we were before. It's and so liberating. there's hope and optimism there. And I hope, you know, people can hear that and feel that and see that. Um, so, so what is it about yourself that you learn during your line of work? when you started to explore this yeah that we are i was riddled with ants what i call automatic negative thoughts Mm -hmm. you know the those those nagging voices that says you are not enough that you can't do it i am not capable 
um, I am used good, good damage good, and all that. Though I realized I was riddled with so much of that and needed to do the deep work to actually come um, work on the reprogramming the subconscious mm. mind. Mm. That's where the, a lot of the work um, um, mm. started. Because if I was to tell you, Kirby, that you are on autopilot, would you believe me? Oh, I certainly would. Because I get that <laughs> counseling background. So I have a little bit of understanding of psychology. So. We, we operate out of that subconscious mind 95% of the time, every day, where we're doing the same habits, the same rituals, to, talking mm -hmm. to the same people. We're actually having the same thoughts we had yesterday. <laughs> if that's the case, how in the world can we create a new reality with the same thoughts that we had from yesterday? Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. So I personally was riddled with those and I had to mm -hmm. go in and actually start changing that with um, affirmations and then doing um, some type of like even play therapy mm -hmm. at my age. I found myself finding ways to actually bring back um, the childhood and inspire watching cartoons and says, realizing and saying, you know, you know, it's okay. It wasn't your fault. It happened, but you are stronger for it. It contributes to the woman that you are today. It makes you stronger. And so that self-talk had to begin to take place for healing to start happening. And so just as you said, Kirby, I do encourage everyone, um, anyone listening that it's okay. It's liberating to talk about it. It's, it's freeing because once you start doing that, it's, it's a form of healing within mm -hmm. itself, actually. Yeah, you know, I, and I discovered that even through, um, you know, when I was going through uh, Liberty University and I was getting my master's in counseling, uh, I had to do some studies on narrative therapy. And just that, that storytelling process just seemed to be extremely powerful people. And then you learn to begin to tell your story the way, you know, you see it rather than other people telling you their, your story. And then you repeating yeah. what they have communicated to you. And so I find that interesting, you know, that narrative therapy, it, it really says is that people aren't the problem. The problem is a problem and we treat it as a problem, but we treat people as the solution to the problem. And most of us have the solution within us. We just need powerful people like yourself to kind of help pull it out of us and say, okay, here's the solution. Here's the path forward. So I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, what about it, your experiences that you've had? That has helped you see your gifts or talents or skills a little bit more clearly and kind of helped you transition into the role that you are now. Yeah, absolutely. It's been more, more prominent in the, um, over the past several years and, um, it's situations that I, I, I get into where, like my genius zone. I feel I'm mm -hmm. in my genius zone when I am, um, helping others see mm -hmm. their power when i'm helping others see their true capabilities right so a lot of us we're like i said we're on autopilot every day we need we need a wake up a wake up call we need a pick me up so i find it in my my past experiences be it at at work and for me it's a more an adventure side of me that comes out right i will run marathons i at 32 years old, I had, I never heard of a triathlon before, but my friend was doing one and I thought that was cool. So I'm going to sign up. I signed up, did not know how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> so at 32 years old, I had to learn how to swim. And that experience humbled me because I had to go learn at the rec center yeah. with the five-year-olds. Because mm. that's literally where I was starting from the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it humbles me to know that I'm curious and, and uh, ready to learn, but also it's never too late to learn. It's never too late to grow. It's never too mm-hmm. late to develop. So those experiences just kind of um, taps into my, 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 my capability, my full potential, what I'm capable of. I didn't know that unless I signed up for this triathlon. And even through that experience, when I thought I have graduated from the kiddie pool to the medium-sized pool, I go join the, join the YMCA, 5 a.m. going out there to swim before work. The, uh, the coach tells me, you're slowing everyone down. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to leave. <laughs> oh, no. I, I left that day, but I came back the following day. I said, I have a race in less than a month. I have to swim a mile and point two. And if I don't do it within an hour, I disqualify from a half Ironman. Mm. 70 70 plus miles and um the next day i showed up relentless i'm just showing me how relentless i am like i'm determined let's do this um (laughs) he had to call the director to actually get me out of the the pool Mm -hmm. that did not slow me down or did not stop me i went on a month later to actually completing that Mm. that swim in 58 minutes I made it, I made the cutoff and was able to continue with the rest of the triathlon. So a triathlon is a 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike, and it's a half marathon run. So 13.1 run at the end. And I accomplished that, but it wasn't just that accomplishment. It was that if I can do this, what else can I do? Yeah. That's, That's a story of incredible perseverance. And I want to congratulate you on the Ironman because there's not that many people who have done that. And you learn to swim from not knowing how to swim. And despite the challenges and obstacles, you continue to persevere. So, yeah, that's – Lenita, I really do appreciate that story. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful story. And uh, so from, from that story, like, so, so what's next for you after that? So, you know, you've pushed your boundaries, right? And you're probably put, most people, when I say I run ultra marathons and I run 50 miles, they say I'm crazy. (laughs) So I'm sure you've heard people say you're crazy. And so what's next for you? What's next for me is actually working with high level entrepreneurs, um, trailblazers who really want to push that bar. Okay. really want to take their business to the next level. And I do so by actually teaching them about habits, what their habits or what their principles or what successful people in the field like yourself are doing. You came on my show and shared with me your success story and how you're thriving and what your goals are. And I want to be able to share that. Like the, you have the research, right? Success leaves clues. And I have the opportunity to actually help people um, change their habits to change their lifestyle, to change their behavior. And it's phenomenal because I really cover the science, how, why our brain form habits and the science behind our habits. So that's my next, that's my focus right now. And I am obsessed with it. <laughs> I, I'm like a, a geek in the, hitting the books and reading about neuroscience and psychology and understanding more and more the, the human behavior because I want to help um, everyone understand the fact that you know, habits are formed to solve your problems. It's really simple. They are yeah. there to relieve you of some some stress, so some type of discomfort. So yeah, you say that you're 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 obsessed with it, and you kind of geek out over it. You know, and it seems to be the popular term today that we use. 
you have this thing called uh, nine ha- or nine habits and uh, what nine minutes? I think it is yeah. or nine minutes and nine healthy habits. Can you explain that to us? Yeah, you're talking about the Hit Savers app that was yeah. launched post the um, podcast because I've been collecting all this data and there are nine actionable items that entrepreneurs are doing over and over again, reoccurring themes, including yourself, Kirby. So I had to put it all in an app for everyone to have access to. So that's the Hit Savers app. And Hit Savers stands for, it's an acronym. Each um, letter stands for a habit. And it's nine actionable items done in nine minutes to hack your morning, to improve the quality of your day. It's doesn't get any simpler than that it it, that's that's my mission is to make morning routines simple and Mm -hmm. achievable for everyone so the first one and it is my morning routine and you will see that a lot some of it or or your morning routine as well because you were part of that research And, and so first one is hydration Drinking water first thing in the morning, the importance of that. It's like literally the brain is 73% of water. So it, you, it's imperative to hydrate and help um, get rid of toxins built up overnight. But also it gets rid of brain fog in the morning. So hydrating really kicks the metabolism and get, gets your day started. That's hydration in the hit saver. You want me, I can go on and give you the, the layout of each... No, that would be fine. It sounds like this. Uh, it sounds like a super app. Like you're 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 having a superfood in the morning, you know, and and it just it it's it's just incredible. Uh, uh, a, like an it sounds like an ingredient to me. You know, you've come up with these nine different things. So uh, to have uh, incredible success, you know, just to kind of start your day out. Because mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of having that glass full as you start your day or filling it up first yeah. and then going out into the world and taking on whatever it is. So yeah, please go ahead and, you know, explain some of the more of the, the, the life saver, um, hit saver app. Yes. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. You hit it on the nail. Essentially it's priming yourself for the day so you can show up. How do you show up in your world? How do you show up in your life? Mm-hmm. How do you show up to your employees? How do you show up to your coworkers? How do you show up to your kids? And you have to spend that time to prime yourself, take care of yourself first thing in the morning so that you are better to everyone else. And so with um, I, it's um, I am grateful for. I, I love this. You know, what, what are the three things you're grateful for? And for me, I can think on top of my head is running water. I'm coming from a place with no running water, right? So clean running water out of the faucet. So I'm grateful for that. You list three things and you outline the things that you, three things you want to work, um, you want to prioritize for the day. That's in the journal. And the, the notion is you can do each of these in a minute. Mm. That's how you're going to uh, really um, hack the day, especially if you don't have time. But mm-hmm. you'll realize the more you do it, the more you want to spend more time in it because you're getting the benefits right away. With, um, with doing these. So a T in the hit savers is time's up. Get your hiney out of bed and make it. You're military. You know. I don't even have to go into details, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> with um, make your bed. You got to make your bed because it, accompl- it helps you accomplish the first task of the day. You're, you're feeling productive already. You've accomplished your first thing of the day. Making your bed gives you that, that, uh, that mm-hmm. feeling. Um, silence. Meditation. Calming the brain down. Remember those ants we're talking about. This is a great time to observe them and know that they're there and realize they're there, but they're not you. 
you're not who you are. Remember, we identify the problem, isolate the problem, but not you're not the problem. And so silence, meditation gives you that, that uh, opportunity. And from there, it's the um, A, affirmations. How do you eradicate those negative thoughts? By saying the I am affirmations. I am powerful. I am deserving. I am worthy. Anything you put after the words I am becomes your reality because it's a powerful statement. A lot of us are walking around with a tape in our head saying, I'm stupid, I'm silly, I'm not enough, or oh, this sucks, I can't make money. <laughs> I'm not beautiful, this is not gonna work. That's our programming, that is our current programming. This was my, pro my current programming as well. And so the affirmations, you have to be able to speak to yourself as if you're speaking to a lover mm. or you're speaking to a loved one. You gotta rephrase it. It's imperative to start the day with affirmations and positive affirmations. And from affirmations, we jump into visioning. So visualization, mm -hmm. manifestation, like what do you want to accomplish? Not just for today, in five years, in 10 years, in the next month. But you want to be able to, visioning is, um, there's a twist to it because you are anchoring a positive emotion to the goal you want, you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And that tells the brain, the mind that you've already accomplished it because you're already feeling the, the, the joy. You're already feeling the accolade. You're already feeling the woman you will become or the man you will become once it becomes a reality for you. So that's visioning. It's thinking of positive emotions uh -huh. and, and anchoring it to your new goal. Then from visioning, we are moving on to exercise. Uh -huh. It's uh, my favorite part. You get, I get up, I go for a three mile run, I do yoga, whatever it is exercising gets the blood flow going anything even if you could do just 20 push-ups to get the uh, heart rate up that will help with the wakefulness that you, you you need and then we're looking at r which is for reading reading stimulates the mind again self-growth development especially if you're a business owner and then there is the um the last one is for shower making the last 60 seconds of your shower ice cold Ice cold. <laughs> really um, give you that jolt, that wakefulness that you need um, in the morning. And that is Hit Savers. This is my um, morning routine. And Kirby, I know uh, meditation is one of yours. I know yeah. journaling is one of yours mm -hmm. as well in the morning. And uh, gratitude is pretty big for you as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can incorporate a lot of those things. I know that uh, I get up in the morning, I do some of the exercise. Um, actually, I, I swing a, um, a mace around. You know, it's an old traditional uh, form of training. Uh, and uh, I swing that around to kind of get my body loosened up, you know. And then I actually ride a bike for about four miles and four and a half miles in the morning and then another four and a half miles in the afternoon. But wow. I do the water. <laughs> I do um, the ice cold bath. So I do take a warm nice. shower. I shave in the morning. I get myself cleaned <laughs> up. And then the last, right before I get out, I always turn it on cold and sit there as long as I can, you know, as yeah. much as I can and <laughs> to tolerate it. Because I know that the, the way it shocks the body, it has, you know, some, some positive health effects. So, I mean, there's a lot of things in there when you were talking about it, I could resonate with it. So uh, I, you know, years and years and years, I started to add these things like get up and, just make your bed, get your yeah. first win out of the way, you know, and the I am statements is so powerful. I mean, I cannot tell you how powerful that's been for me over my lifetime is to, to change things, you know, to switch them from, you know, 
ah, oh, you're not good enough, you know, and you focus more on the nerves and the other things, you know, before you get up and speak in front of a group. And, you know, you can instantly pull yourself down and then it was an, oh, I am powerful. I can do this. I can. And you focus more on me and what you're capable of, what you can control. Yeah. And then you end up becoming more successful because of the frame of mind that you've changed. So, that's, 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 I mean, extreme, extremely helpful, I think for, for most people. And so tell us like, where can we find this HitSaver app? Yeah. HitSaver app is on both Android and um, Apple store. Mm -hmm. So the iOS and the, um, the Google play store. And it's, um, if you just Google, I mean, if you type in hit savers, it will pop up and Looney Lewis will be under it, but also on my website. You can find the links there. If you go to Looney Lewis um, slash HitSavers app, you will find um, links to both platforms as well. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Lanine. Um, So as we move into the last segment of the interview here or the conversation, um, so here's the big question is, is where do you see yourself in 10 or maybe even 20 years? Maybe you've thought that far out because you talked about visioneering. And so I'm a big proponent of it. And most people don't think past the end of the year with the resolutions and some things, but I'm a big promoter, a proponent of having a direction. Mm-hmm. It may not be a specific destination, but you have maybe a direction that you want to be in. So where do you think that's going to be at in the next 10 or 20 years? Yeah. Next to 20 years. Um, successful, um, successful business where I'm adding value. And so I want to be able mm-hmm. to invite, by, by year five going into seven 500 um people that i've personally worked with one-on-one mm-hmm. 500,000 mm-hmm. 500,000 people that i've personally have worked with on one-on-one in building those habits and reframing and reprogramming the mind for success that's my goal in um five to um five to ten years and beyond that it's having the um the su- successful business mm-hmm. but um holistic right healthy all around mental physical and financially just being healthy and that can vary that can change for the for people but i I, i'm I'm intentional about that because you don't want to wake up with back aches right (laughs) 20 years from now so i'm intentional about all around health yeah i think what you said is important too because i think we have to focus on our health early on and it's something we don't focus on till later on. And so we kind of get that backwards. It's kind of like finances, right? Most people spend now and save later when we should save now and then spend later. And then and reap so, later. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, as we get into this life, you know, we hit adulthood and corporate America and all these other things, you know, it just takes off and spans. We forget about the most important things of our life. And I think you've hit on most of them already. This today is, is talking about those nine healthy habits that somebody can develop in nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to success, right, we all have our own definition. Um, but when it comes to success, I always like to kind of try and get a grasp on that intrinsic success, mm-hmm. which I kind of frame as true success you know you can have all the the titles and all the accolades and all the achievements and trophies you want you know like you you hit the iron man i've got a bunch of marathon trophy or medals behind me but that's not what true success is so right. what is true success for you Intr- i am intrinsically motivated no one can 
can really um, drive me the way I drive myself or push myself, as you can, as you can see. Um, so that success to me is generational wealth. Mm. Coming from um, Haiti, having nothing, and even coming to America and struggle, um, still living in poverty and watching my, my grandparents and watching my mom still in poverty mm -hmm. because of the language barrier or don't have the education to get mm -hmm. the top management job. So for me, it's generational wealth. The curse stops with me. That ends. Poverty ends with me. So I want to be able to build that, not just for myself, for my kids, for my nieces and nephews, for everyone coming be beyond me. And it, it has already started. I have nieces and nephews that, you know, because Luni graduated with her PhD, they're considering, well, I can be a doctor then. Mm -hmm. I can be an attorney. So it's not just monetary, right? We're talking about breaking strongholds in families, in my family, breaking that lack mentality, that fixed mentality of, uh, I wasn't born here, so I don't have the same privileges, breaking that barrier so you can say, you know, you are the opportunity. You are, you have that decision, you have that choice. And so we're talking about generational wealth, Kirby. And it starts with not just monetary, but we're talking about mental, again, holistic um, health and being able to identify what you are, um, your talents and gifts are to use that to add value, to use that to, to serve other people and others around you and in the community. And so that's, that's what I stand for within my community, in my family. And I want to grow that. Lenny, I think that is an uh, extremely uh, wealthy answer, if I may take the words from you myself, because generational wealth is extremely important. Uh, I think that's one of the best answers I've heard on this podcast so far when I've come to that, that, that question. And the reason why I say that is, is it's probably why we connect so well uh, initially is because uh, I always like to tell people that I want to help people live a rich and satisfying life. And rich does not mean wealthy as in money or uh, cash. It means that you have experiences people in your life you know and, and a lot of different things like that and for you to have that kind of impact and inspire you know the next couple generations of your family you know and say hey look this is where i came from this is where i'm at now i became a doctor i have my phd in psychology and now i've built an app and i'm working with you know executives in corporate america and helping them develop and change their lives which is probably going to impact other people's lives around them. So you're having this, what I call the compound, you know, uh, uh, impact or uh, effect. Okay. It's like money in the bank. It builds comp compound interest. So uh, I want to thank you for that. And, and that's a wonderful answer. Uh, here's the other, uh, one of my last questions that I'll ask you before I turn it over to you. And the, the big question I like to ask everybody is, is what will you be your ripple effect? So there's a quote by mother Teresa and she said that you can something to the fact of you can cast a stone into the water um, and it will create a ripple effect or you can cast stones in the water and it'll create several ripple effects. Mm -hmm. What will be that stone that you cast in the water and create a ripple effect? Do you want to be your family, your community, uh, across generations, what will that be for you? Letting everyone know that they are creators. Mm -hmm. We miss that. We, we, we don't live up to that, that 
you're a creator, I'm a creator. The creator who created us has instilled in us the same traits, the same uh, uh, abilities to create, to heal, mm-hmm. right? To, to design our world. So I don't want to live that ripple effect like you're a creator. We're creators. We're creating in his image. We are creators ourselves. Right. And so that's the ripple effect I want to leave behind. Because if you can empower somebody to think on their own, to realize the power that is between their ears, that, Kirby, is powerful. Because lives will be changed. Our world will be changed because people are going to become independent forces that can't be messed with. Hey, Lenny, this has been great. I'm going to, I'm not even going to talk after that. That's, you have an extremely powerful message that you're, you're, you're bringing us today. And so tell us that anything that you may not have said that you would like to say, um, that you would like to add, and then tell us how we can find you or connect with you. Yes. Um, you can't, Jim Rohn has a very good quote that says, you can't pay anyone else to do your push-ups for you. <laughs> to bring it back around, Kirby, we have to do the work. We have to roll up our sleeves like my grandmother taught me, like my mother taught me in the marketplace, roll up your sleeve and get it done. You have to apply yourself. Things, opportunities going to come your way, but if you're not prepared for it, you won't take advantage of it. And the morning routine actually is a stepping stone to preparing you so you're ready for any opportunity. You're able to see it because if you're not in the right mindset, it, somebody else who in, the right, in that mindset will take the opportunity from you. So that's the last thing I want to share is preparation. Preparing and doing the work so that you're ready. Always be ready. And so the best way to connect with me is on my website, looneedlewis.com. It is spelled L-U-N-I-D-E. L-O-U-I-S dot com. I do have the podcast. It's on all the platforms where you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. It's on there as well. YouTube, iTunes, um, Spotify, Google Play. It's called The Best Morning Routine Ever. As with the pillow says back here. And of course, the Morning Routine app. Um, hit savers, nine actionable items done in nine minutes to improve the quality of your day and your life. Lenny, thank you for sharing your message and your story with us today. I really do appreciate sharing your time because that's even more valuable than anything else that you could offer to us because I think time is one of those things that you cannot replace and it is probably the most valuable commodity that we do have that we could share with other people. And so I know that you've impacted other people on this show and others that are listening. And so um, again, I want to thank you and you can find all those things that Lenid mentioned in the show description. And until next time, Lenid, thank you.